It is Friday, and it is a special part two of this series with the Andrew Gomison Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, of course, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Yeah, we haven't had too many shows that have been bonafide part twos. Um, we've had series, so I guess in a sense you could say they were part two and three and so on. But we've only had, I think, one other time where we had a legitimate same title but part two. And the reason is because I really wanted to take the time to dig into these things. On our last show, uh, last show in the series, we looked at the first five things that you shouldn't say to someone in a wheelchair. And, of course, being the positive guy that I am, I subtitled it, or maybe you should. And I would encourage you, um, as we go through these, you can follow along by... Uh, finding the blog post, 10 things you shouldn't say to someone in a wheelchair, or maybe you should, on um, speakingroom.blogspot. If you type the title into Google, it will probably come up as well. And the link will be included in today's blog post for this podcast as well. So, before I say as well again, let's (laughs) move right into the content of our show. And let's look at uh, list number the number six on this list. And again, just as an intro for those that didn't hear the last podcast, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. But basically these 10 things are things that the original essay writer had been, uh, they're comments that people had made usually well-meaning. Sometimes they come across though in not so good ways. And so I'm, I'm trying to unpack each of these with my perspective which I left on my blog a couple of years ago, and I decided to resurrect these as part of my podcast series, Rolling Through Life. Um, and I really hope that people are benefiting from listening to this series and that it's helping you. Um, we still have at least three more shows in this series after this one because we're going to, to talk about personal care and relationships, specifically those two things in separate podcasts. And then we will probably wrap up with a review of the movie Me Before You because that is really the impetus um, for this series because in that film, one of the things that Will, the main character who's paralyzed and then gets into a relationship um, with his companion, the girl that was called to be his companion, is that loving you would be a, it would be a good life, but not good enough to make it worth living. Mm. And I'm here to say that even though I've had disappointments and even though life is hard sometimes, I do think life is worth living. And as I unpack these things, that is the perspective that I'm hoping that people will grasp onto. And if there's someone out there who's disabled and this is resonating with you and, you're tr- and you would like other people to understand some of these things, please encourage them to listen to these podcasts. They're all available on speakingforhim.com. They're all free to, free to download. So if you can't listen on your computer or your mobile device, then you can download them onto a CD and give them to somebody who doesn't have access to a computer or you can download them to anywhere, to your computer for later listening or whatever you want to do, totally free of charge. I don't charge for this podcast and I pray that I never will. I just love doing it, and I hope that it's a benefit to you. All right. Well, with that introduction, we're going to go with number six. Here, let me help you 
And then in in parentheses, it says rushes to my side frantic. <laughs> now, I really haven't had a whole lot of experience with this one. Um, well, for the most part, people are good about asking if I need help with something. And then if I say no, they will respect that. Sometimes I say no, and then, you know, 10 minutes later, if I still haven't accomplished my goal, they will re-ask. Thank goodness for people like that. And then sometimes I will um, take advantage of that at that time. This is another one that kind of offended the writer of the original essay. But for me, it's not offensive because it really helps me to build relationships with others. And I have often half-joked that this might be the way that I eventually meet my wife, is that she will be someone who volunteers to help me with some something we start talking she swept away on my charm and the rest is history <laughs> and i call up adam and say it's time to run a tux <laughs> but and uh, i send back 10 happy freaking out emojis <laughs> yes exactly um because he definitely uh it would be happy for me i know but um i but in all seriousness though it ha- it does help to build relationship when people can help you with things And, you know, I think it's all a part of learning to be interdependent. We all like to think that we're independent, that we've got this life on our own. But the reality is we all need each other. I just need each other in more obvious. I just need other people um, in more obvious ways than some people. And, um, again, some of my best relationships have come out of the need for help and the willingness on my part to ask for it. And I'm just so gratified by so many people in my life that um, have helped me to accomplish what I've accomplished. I do this podcast because Adam is willing to give up his time to get it done. And I, I get to work every day because my brother drives me or my mom or my dad. And just so many things that I rely on other people for. Um, I'm here in the studio today because my sister drove me, you know, um, and uh, so I'm just very thankful, you know, for for that. So, um, and and when I wrote this blog post, it was shortly after I'd been involved in a community theater production of "It's a Wonderful Life" at Mastar's Theater. And my most of my family was not in it with me. My my mom and my sisters were, but my none of my brothers or my dad was, and so it required help from outside uh, people outside the family in order for me to pull it off. And I had to get up courage to ask these people um, for help, and they were willing to do it, and that freed me to do something that I absolutely was excited to do and loved to do, and. I'm very thankful that I had the courage to do that. Um, And so all that to say that there's two things I I want you to know. First of all, the best way to know how to help is to ask. Don't just assume that we need help with something because it looks like we're struggling. Sometimes we find fulfillment in the struggle. And sometimes if we struggle long enough, we'll realize we need your help. Um, And the second thing is, For, from my perspective as someone in a wheelchair, 
I needed to get to the point where I was willing to ask people for help. That was a big, uh, that was a big step in the right direction for me as someone who is disabled. I used to have this, this attitude that said, I want to do this if it works out for somebody to help me do it. And now I've kind of reversed that attitude a little bit to where I decide I want to do something. And then I try to work out whatever possible scenario it can be that I can make it work. Now, does that always work 100% of the time? No. Um, Adam and I were talking before we started this recording session about how he's experiencing a little bit about what I experienced because he's been having to get rides to and from work because of his um, vehicle situation. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, he's able to drive a work vehicle to some places. But um, for the most part, he's relying on other people's rides. And that's my life um, for all my life. So, but again, it gives more opportunity to grow relationships in that way as well. So, all right. And for this one, I have the verse, bear you one another, bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians 6.2. And then number seven, it's good to see you out. The interesting thing about this one is a lot of times when people say that to me, because there's actually a lady at my church that says that every time she sees me at church. Really? (laughs) And I don't necessarily think it's related to my disability, but even if it is, I just return the same greeting. Mm -hmm. It's good to see you out, too. And that would kind of be the way I would approach this issue. Like, for me, to me, my being out is basically the same as your being out. So I would probably just return the same greeting to you and move on. But I know for some people, they're like, it's not this great monumental thing. You know, it's not like the earth stood still or, you know, the sun stood still or something crazy like that. It's just being out and doing stuff. We talked about that a little bit on the last podcast when I go out uh, for lunch with Adam or we go to a movie together to review for the podcast. It's just us hanging out. And we, I don't really think about the other ramifications, though I am very grateful for the time that we get to spend. Um, all right. Again, um, for me personally, I look at that this as a no-brainer, like I'm just out because I'm out. But I also know that there are a lot of people that can use every excuse in the book not getting out and there are people that can use their disability as a, as a reason to hold them back and and not accomplish anything and then later kind of scratch their heads and wonder why am i not out why am i not doing things well it's because i took the the approach of i can't and i'm very blessed that i had parents that never let me say those words in a general sense you know when i would start to say i can't whether it was I can't do my schoolwork or I can't go to college or I can't do such and such. They were always like, well, at least try it. And if you try and fail, then at least, you know, you tried. And and I think that's a very true statement for most of us is that if we haven't failed in our life, chances are we haven't tried much. You know, if we play it safe, we, you know, kind of like if you aim high you might miss the target but you'll still go farther than you think but if you don't aim at anything 
you won't hit anything either. So it's important to aim. And I just stated in the blog post, I was like, I choose to live above my circumstances. If this encourages people, I'm glad. You know, that's that's just, it's a, it's a decision that I consciously made that I had to come to the place where my circumstances are either going to make me bitter or better. And yeah. I try to have them help me make, help them make me better. It's not 100% true because I still have my bad days, but that's the goal. And Adam, could you read um, the verse that goes along with number seven? Our Bible verses that go along with this one come from Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And uh, I think it's important to know the context of this verse, because sometimes we think, well, that means I can do anything. But really what it means is it means I can do anything that God's called me to do. He's not going to call you to do somebody else's job, but he does have a job for you, and he will provide for you Mm -hmm. to do it. And an interesting aside, it's not really related to much that's going on in this podcast, so I had a friend that used to say, when, when when that verse would be quoted, she's like, I'm resolved in whatever state I am therewith to be content, and that state is Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Of course, now she lives in Washington, D.C., so hopefully she's content there as well. But uh, I just thought that was an interesting, humorous tidbit. So this next one I have not accomplished yet. But I can see how it, it might be perceived differently by different people. And it is, you have found yourself a real stand-up guy or girl. She was talking about, in the original blog post that she wrote, she said, I found a guy who loves me. End of story. Period. Mm-hmm. And I can understand why she would say that. But I also know, in a certain sense, the level of, sacrifice that it would take for someone to be my wife you know for the most part i've accepted the way god has made me but there are many nights when i lay awake and wish with everything in me that i could wake up one day and be able to present to my future wife a perfect life a perfect body in a physical sense And it hurts me that I will never be able to do that. So, from that perspective, I realize that there will be sacrifices made. But that being said, I know that I can be a husband and a father. And that my disability will not hinder that. And it may even enhance my ability to do that. Because... Again, in another situation, if they see me overcoming my challenges, then when they start to have things go wrong or things get hard, hopefully they can look at me and realize that they can weather whatever storm God puts in their life. So I totally believe that will happen someday. And 
um, my mom said has said before that maybe maybe I could even uh, have my wedding take place on the podcast, which would be kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but and so I don't know if that will happen, but um, we'll see what God does. But I but I just I have a lot of hope for the future, and you know. I, I really hope that this podcast series opens uh, people's eyes and maybe opens some hearts. Um, because I think a lot of times we search for that elusive, perfect person and nobody is perfect. Yeah. But there might be some pretty decent, imperfect people around you that might be worth your consideration. I'll never forget, um, I saw this Walton's episode a while back and for those that don't know who the Waltons are, it was a TV show, was a TV show in from that ran from the early '70s to the early '80s, and in one episode they're talking about uh, a young man in their community by the name of G.W. Haynes, and the two sisters Mary Ellen and Aaron are talking about him um, because he he used to date Mary Ellen and now Mary Ellen's married and he's dating Aaron and. He asked Aaron to marry him, and they were talking about him, and Mary Ellen says, GW is the nicest guy you'd ever want to know, but you wouldn't want to marry him. <laughs> and I I kind of feel like that sometimes, that that's how I'm perceived as a nice guy that um, you wouldn't want to marry. And we'll dig into that a little bit more in a future episode. I won't belabor this point, but my only point is, that um, sometimes looks can be deceiving and you don't want to miss out on, on a blessing that avoiding somebody simply because of their disability would cause you to do. Um, we've already mentioned on the previous broadcast about these issues uh, that God, God looks at the heart and we tend to look on the outward appearance. It's just a human thing. And then, um, so I know it will take a special sacrifice, but I'm actively praying, uh, for my wife. I believe she's out there somewhere. And I know that when the time is right, I will be made clear to both of us that we can do more together for the Lord than we can do apart. And then, uh, speaking for him will just explode. I'm sure, um, because I have many dreams, um, for this ministry, um, but it's going to take a permanent teammate to make some of those things happen. So we'll just have to see how God works in that way. Um, and then for this one, I simply put Proverbs eighteen twenty two: Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. And just to wrap this point up, I just want to say, you can't find something if you're not looking. Mm-hmm. So I will continue to look. All right. Here's a big one for me. Number nine. With your effort and attitude, I know you'll walk again. Now, I know there have been cases where paralyzed people have been healed and been able to walk again. And I believe that God can heal. However, I'm fairly certain that this side of heaven... God will not have me walking. 
he's made it pretty clear to me that he had a plan for me being put in this wheelchair and that he's using me more effectively in this wheelchair than I could be if I wasn't. I even would go as far as to say it, that I might not be walking closely with the Lord if I was not in this wheelchair. Now that might be a little bit of a reach, but I really have felt that at different times. And so I will tell you, this is a tough one for me because I've had people tell me that, well, I had one person in particular tell me that if I got right with God, I could walk again. I was working at Guiding Light Mission at the time. He came in with his friend. His friend had a meeting with the executive director. So his friend sat out in the lobby and talked to me. I was the receptionist. And I gave him my testimony, as I often do when I get to know people. And he appreciated it. And being a little naive, I gave him my phone number. I said, if you ever want to call me, it'd be great. Maybe we can get together again. He called me the next day and he said, I'm praying about your situation. And I believe I figured out how you can get right with God so you can walk again. And for the next half hour, I tried to lay out for him how I had felt that God had worked in my life to show me that he had a plan in my wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And I still believe that if, if it's a hindrance to my ministry, that he can take it away. But at this point, I believe that it is a help to my ministry. It helps me minister to disabled and able-bodied people alike. And then I'm able to inspire and encourage people from this chair in a way that I couldn't otherwise. So, um, am I perfect? No. But I am made perfect through Jesus Christ. I've trusted him and him alone for salvation. And so in his eyes, I am righteous. And I'm headed to heaven because I've made that commitment. So, before we get to, uh, well, first, Adam, if you could read the verse that I have down here for number nine, or number, what is it? Um, yeah, number nine, uh, with your effort and attitude, I know you'll walk again. You can read the verse. This comes from uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 9. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities than the power, and that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that is Second Corinthians twelve seven to nine. And I think we kind of referred to this passage um, earlier in talking about these things. Not as much of this passage, but I just really feel like that is my story. That God has allowed His power to work through me in ways that it wouldn't if I had been able-bodied, and I believe that God is continuing to work out his plan. And we have one more to cover, but before we do, Adam, um, what are your thoughts on the things we've discussed on today's show so far? Um, a big thing is definitely, we mentioned this in the, in the part one of this podcast too, but talking about really getting to know the person and not just, oh, I have this encouraging thought in my head, 
here you go. Let me encourage you. But that might not actually help somebody out if you, if you don't know what they're talking about. I also think it's interesting how you hit on that you have come to a place where you accept where you are and you know that God has a plan in that. I think that's huge. I mean, really, whether you have a disability or not, I mean, how many people get struggled and distracted by, you know, my life is this way, what was me? And then sometimes we forget that God is working it out by allowing that. So I think that's interesting and a challenge to be like, have we really accepted those infirmities in our life? Because God could certainly heal or take away in a minute, but there might be a reason and a plan why he's allowing it. Um, And the... That is very good, and and it is so true. I think we all have things about us that we wish we could change, and really that was the catalyst for me to accept was that I went to this conference and it talked about the ten things that you wish you couldn't change you could change about yourself, but you can't. One of them being birth order, one of them being the time in history you were born. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all of them offhand, but if you want to look up um, a sermon series, um on the 10 unchangeables it is on my website i think it's like a four-part series uh, if you if you look up 10 unchangeables on my website you will find that sermon audio and you can listen to it but um but it definitely is um true that god does have a plan and as we embrace um what god has for us then the things that he doesn't have for us um, won't be as hard to take. As I've stated multiple times on this podcast, I had to cross Navy SEAL off my list pretty early on uh, (laughs) because I just don't have the aptitude to be a Navy SEAL. And it's no indictment on the fact that God is able, like, you know, we, we could take the tag, well, God is able to make you a Navy SEAL if you really want to be a Navy SEAL. But we're talking practically here. God does not design everyone to be a Navy SEAL, and he didn't design me for that. So choosing to continue to pursue it is would be fruitless, and it would be frustrating and discouraging because it's just not going to happen. Whereas if I find things in my wheelhouse, like this podcast or like preaching, that God has gifted me for, and I do them with all the gusto that I can muster, for the sake of the gospel. That's where I find satisfaction. And uh, number 10 is anything in your preschool future voice. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like being talked down to. Uh, yeah, not a fan either. And one of the biggest things where this can creep up is sometimes when I'm walking through the mall or especially when I had a dog, I'd be walking through. I, well, I'm not walking, of course. But I'd be rolling through the mall and um, with my dog. And if I was with family, people would stop family members and they would ask my family members about my dog. And I would I would usually just kind of listen because I just kind of like to see where things go. And usually one of my family members would dutifully say, he can communicate, he can talk to you, ask him questions, and he will answer them. You know, rather than answering for me, because I'm capable of answering. Another issue where this has cropped up is that they would assume uh, that because I was in a wheelchair, that someone else, whoever else was with me was the one that was paying for my food. Mm. And I've always had this 
inner thought that if I ask somebody out to dinner, be it, you know, whether it's male or female, I plan on paying unless they graciously volunteer to pay. I will, I will let them, but I, it's been ingrained in me that if you invite somebody to dinner, you pay unless they, um, stay otherwise. And that's just always been my way of doing things. One of the ways I like to encourage my friends is to take them out to dinner or to coffee or whatever. And so I've taken, um, to the point of now, oftentimes I will, I will let them know that it's one check and I'm paying right off the bat. So they don't have a chance to assume otherwise. Um, and that hasn't happened a whole ton of times, but when it does, it's just annoying. And I would hasten to add too that even if someone can't speak to you verbally, I'm pretty sure I can say with quite a bit of confidence that many of them can still sense when they're being talked down to. Mm-hmm. And they still want to be talked to as normally as possible. Um, you, uh, Like I said, nobody likes to be talked down to, and to talk down to someone just because they are physically disabled is just a wrong approach. So, um, And uh, many can comprehend more than you think, and I would just encourage you to try to speak to them as normally as possible. You know, there may be some things that you need to adapt. You know, maybe you don't know sign language, or maybe you don't understand everything they're saying because they have a speech impediment. But if you're patient and you work with them and perhaps work with someone uh, that they're with, because sometimes that person can help them communicate, um, but don't communicate with the other person to the exclusion of the person who is disabled. Use the other person as a catalyst to communicate with the disabled person. And so that's what I would encourage you. And then, um, Adam, if you could read that final verse for us. Final verses come from uh, Psalm 139, verses 13 through 15. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Psalm 139, 13 through 15. All right, and so to wrap up, ultimately what I'm saying through this two-part series within a series and through the whole series of rolling through life is that we just want to be treated as normally as possible. There are things that are going to be different. There are things that are going to be challenges. There may be times when I ask certain friends of mine to do things that are awkward and out of their comfort zone, but I can assure you that if I ask you to do something awkward or out of your comfort zone, that it is awkward and out of my comfort zone. <laughs> if, if you don't understand anything else from this whole series, please understand that. Because I think that sometimes people can think, well, well, he he's asking these questions or he's making this declaration known without any thought to the ramifications. And trust me, as I alluded to earlier when it comes to laying awake at night, thinking about my disabled body. I have thought about and considered the ramifications of a lot of this stuff much longer than maybe you have if you just came in contact with me. 
So please know that if there's something that I ask you that's awkward or out of your comfort zone, number one, it's probably because I trust you. I've developed a level of trust in you. Although sometimes I have to ask perfect strangers things, which is a whole another level of awkward. <laughs> um, but uh, most of the time it's because I've already developed a level of trust in you. And again, it's awkward for me too. It can sometimes be some of the most embarrassing times of my life, but sometimes things have to be done when they have to be done. And there's no chance to wait or anything like that. So my hope is through these two podcasts that have outlined these 10 things that you have grown to a greater understanding of people with disabilities. I hope that if this has encouraged you, that you'll share it with friends. Um, it's definitely the most personal series. This Rolling Through Life series is definitely the most personal series I've ever done on this podcast. Um, my father has been after me for quite a while to talk more about my disability. And I've never been one to shy away from it. It just hasn't been the cornerstone of speaking for him. So it just hasn't come up as much as some people may think that it should. But again, my hope is that this has been an encouragement to you. And if it has, please pass it along. That's how more people get to know about my disability or about my ministry, not my disability, but my disability too, I guess, in this series. All right, before we wrap it up, Adam, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts on it is, uh, A, I want to say thank you for just being transparent and sharing that with us. Uh, secondly is, you know, we're all creations of God. We're all people. Um, we might come in different shapes, sizes, forms, if you will, but we're all people. And I think when we approach those that maybe we're not familiar with that have a disability, just keep in mind they're a person. And when we reach out and love to people, that's really all God calls us to do. All right. Well, thank you for that, Adam. And I appreciate everyone who has listened this week. Again, share it with others if you appreciate it. Please give us feedback um, with the contact information that's about to roll. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend and keep serving the best masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 